Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European Union news, broadcast by our network of European radio stations. And we start the new year with less than happy news, that of the passing of David Sassoli, the European Parliament's popular president. In other news, Germany is failing to meet its climate targets and Moscow continues to make waves. European Parliament President David Sassoli passed away on Tuesday at the age of 65, just a week before he was due to leave office. Tributes to Sassoli have flooded in from around the EU and around the world. Italy's Prime Minister Mario Draghi honored the late president during a session at the Italian Parliament on Tuesday. On behalf of my government and myself, I would like to remember Sassoli in particular as an Italian, a leading Italian figure in the service of Europe, its institutions and its citizens. As President of the European Parliament, his rare ability to combine idealism and conciliation assured him a starring role during one of the most difficult periods in recent history. His was an attentive and authoritative voice upholding European values and the rights of the most vulnerable. The European Parliament will hold a special plenary session in Sassoli's honour in Strasbourg on Monday, the day before his successor, the Parliament's 33rd president, is elected. The question now is who that successor will be. There are four names in the frame. The left candidate, Sierra Rego from Spain. Alice Kunke, a Swedish Greens EFA member, Poland's Kosmas Wotowski from the ECR Group, and current Vice President Roberta Metzola, a Maltese EPP member. Neither the SD Group nor Renew Europe have fielded a candidate, and it is currently unclear which horse they will be backing. While Metzola is the bookie's favorite, Poland's Deputy Speaker Richard Terlecki told Polski Radio that the time is ripe for a politician from Central or Eastern Europe to take on the mantle of Parliament President, yet he appears to cast doubt on Kosma Zwotowski's chances. Of course, we do not know how these elections will turn out. It has been said that it should be someone from Central Europe. If the majority in the European Parliament choose a politician from this side of Europe, it would have to be a left-leaning or a liberal politician. The incoming Parliament president will remain in post until the next European elections in 2024 and will be faced with the ongoing challenge of reconciling widely disparate political interests and keeping the voices that threaten to undermine EU values at bay. Liberal Lithuanian MEP Petras Ostrevičius is cautiously optimistic in this regard, though. He believes that extreme right-wing parties are not likely to have a major impact on EU politics going forward, as he told Ginyura Diaz shortly before Christmas. The sphere of EU politics is a very good place for finding out how these political parties operate and what their aims are, because they jeopardize the functioning of the European Union. They share a distrust of the EU's collective action. They do not want to accept the principle of the rule of law and fundamental rights, and they use this to foster ideological debate within their member states. It is unlikely that they will make any great strides at the European level, but in their own countries, take Le Pen or Orban, for example, they are capable of mobilizing an electorate that is more inclined to support certain other political messages than the general principle espoused by the European Union.
politinės žinias, negu, sakykime, bendrą Europos Sąjungos principą. In December, the Traffic Light Coalition in Germany, made up of the Socialist SPD, the Greens and the Liberal FDP Party, took office in Berlin after 16 years of conservative rule. In a press conference on Tuesday to present a report on Germany's climate protection balance sheets, the new German Vice-Chancellor Robert Habeck warned that his country was already missing its annual climate objectives, adding that they would need to cut emissions by 25% to meet their 2030 targets. The Green politician, who is charged with economic affairs and climate protection in the new federal government, stressed that for the EU's largest economy to become climate neutral by 2045, it would have to triple its reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. The new government is expected to launch its first package of climate protection measures in April. According to Habeck, this could include boosting tenders for renewable energy, extra space for onshore wind power, hydrogen targets and an overhaul of the building energy law. Looking at Europe as a whole, Habeck sees many possible paths leading to the goal of climate neutrality, as AMS reports. If Sweden relies on hydropower and nuclear power, then that is the Swedish way. Just as we are forging our own path through the expansion of renewable energies and an infrastructure that, yes, requires gas in the short term, but will as soon as possible convert to hydrogen. There is no need to lecture each other at European level about which path is better or worse. The key thing is that all countries do their bit to reduce CO2 emissions and banish fossil fuels from the system. But on top of national measures, Habeck wants to see the EU's power grid far better connected, something that he insists also makes economic sense. Because in principle this leads to the use of the cheapest energy source, which is also CO2-free, namely renewables, these are even cheaper than nuclear power. So if Europe had a better common grid based on renewables, we would make greater progress with the energy transition in Europe as a whole. At its December plenary, MEPs discussed Russia's large military buildup along the Ukrainian border with EU foreign policy chief Joseph Borrell amid fears of an imminent invasion of Ukraine. In its 16 December resolution, the plenary condemned the situation and threatened sanctions against Moscow, a move that was quickly followed by EU leaders. Subsequently, talks between NATO and Russia took place in Brussels on Wednesday, within days of talks between Russian and American officials ending inconclusively. Kukuradio spoke to Social Democrat MEP and former Estonian Foreign Minister Sven Mikser who confirmed that the European Parliament is following the situation very closely. Of course, the European Parliament does not have executive powers. If you look at the documents that have been approved and adopted by the Parliament in connection with Russia's military activities outside its borders over recent months, you can see that there is not quite a consensus in the European Parliament. However, the prevailing view is that Russia's aggressive steps must be met with a response. And we need to respond with unity and strength. I think that, as events unfold, the European Parliament will gradually realize what Russia is and what its strategic thinking is. On another front, Russia sent peacekeepers to Kazakhstan on 6 January, as soaring fuel prices brought people onto the streets to express wider dissatisfaction with Kazakhstan's authoritarian government. The protest quickly escalated, with Russian-backed President Tokayev authorizing the security forces to shoot to kill 
to quell riots in the country. Bigniew Pavlak, a Polish expert on the Middle East and the Silk Road countries, told Polskie Radio that although the situation is slowly returning to normal in Kazakhstan, there is still the possibility of further unrest. Kazakhstan will probably never return to how it was, because the current president has to a large extent placed himself in Russian hands. Now, all over the internet, people are touting the possibility that his whole business was provoked by Russia, because we know that Russia, or rather President Putin, is consolidating its power in the former Soviet republics. We are all aware of this. World Health Organization experts warned in a statement published on Tuesday that giving booster doses of the original COVID-19 vaccines ad infinitum is not a viable strategy with which to tackle emerging variants. The WHO Technical Advisory Group on COVID-19 Vaccine Composition has called for the development of new jabs that offer improved protection against transmission and elicit longer-lasting immune responses. Speaking to Radio 24 on Tuesday, infectiologist Stefano Vella, professor of global health at Rome's Università Cattolica and former president of the Italian Medicines Agency, was similarly skeptical about the focus on continual vaccine boosters in the fight against COVID-19. The vaccines available right now have been protecting us from death and hospitalization. They still work, but it is true that we cannot chase this virus with vaccines aimed at a specific variant. We need new vaccines and we will need a different type of vaccine in the future, because we cannot keep chasing variants. We need to move beyond this. This is certainly the message that has come out of the EMA and also the WHO. If we have to develop a vaccine for Omicron, then of course we will do this. But that should not be the strategy. On 1st January 2022, France took the baton of the EU Council presidency from Slovenia. Ljubljana has meanwhile been evaluating its own presidency. The country's finance minister, Andrei Sircelli, believed that its key role in orchestrating the disbursement of some 45 billion euros in recovery and resilience funding to 20 member states in order to tackle the consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic was one of Slovenia's primary accomplishments. In terms of legislative dossiers, the minister pointed to the political agreement on reduced VAT rates as one of the crowning achievements of Ljubljana's six-month tenure. RTV Slow reports. All member states will be able to adopt greatly reduced tax rates, notably for specific products and services, such as food, low emission heating, the supply of solar panels, the supply and repair of bicycles and medicines. The new VAT rules are expected to enter into force in the middle of 2022. They update the list of goods and services for which lower tax rates or exemptions are permitted, bringing them into line with the EU's green, digital and public health priorities. Well, that's it for now. We meet again next week for another round of Uranet Plus News.